You are listening to the Real Estate Proverbs Podcast with host Kevin Jefferson. This is the number one podcast for African-American real estate professionals who are doing extraordinary things. It's time to tune in. And now, your host, the people's lender, Kevin Jefferson. Jefferson. Welcome to the Real Estate Proverbs Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Jefferson. Today, we have a very, very special guest. Miss Brenda Conley. How you doing, Brenda? I am amazing. That's awesome. So I've been looking forward to this for well over a year. <laughs> so I've had a year to come up with questions, insight, and it looked like you elevated your business to another level last year. So we're gonna we're gonna dig into it. Okay, okay. So for those who don't know who Miss Brenda Conley is, give us a little background. Um, I won't go back too far because I'm you know, up there. But I will say that I've been selling real estate for 28 years. Um, I might be longer. No, 28. I got my license in 1994. It's 28. Yeah. And I sold for 10 years in New Jersey and the balance here in Atlanta. Okay. Mm-hmm. Prior to real estate, what did you do? Um, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of. And the most, <laughs> the most um, thing that people will know is I worked in the New York Stock Exchange trading floor for about 14, 15 years. Okay. Um, all right. What got you into real estate? Um, I moved from New York to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And um, the agent that I used, I used to send her so many people from the exchange. Because it's very expensive to live in New York. And she said, wow, you keep sending me all these people. Thank God for her. She was like, you should go get your real estate license. And that's how, why I got my real estate license. Wow. But if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't even have thought about real estate. Her name is Trisha Regan. Trisha Regan. Is Trisha still in the business now? Still in the business, yeah. Wow. All right. 94. Mm-hmm. We were... Somewhere near a recession in 92. Was the recession still going on at that time? Do you know? Remember? Um, so interest rates were about between 9 and 10%. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what was this market like? Sales price? So the you know, almost got out of real estate because the first six months I was in real estate, they kept asking me to write these checks to them every month to have this license. And um, at that time, I was a single mom of three working a full-time job and doing real estate. So I almost gave up on real estate in month six, you know, the world popped and it's been great ever since for me in this business. Um, But houses were selling like up North back then, like 130, 150. And how, how did you get going? So I know you had a background in the stock exchange and you were referring to um, Trisha, did those same people begin to keep coming to you or how did that happen? Mm, the, my first sale was to a friend, um, sold her her first house um, and her, her husband and their three children. And um, so I sold, I, um, I um, sold them their first house. And then after that, it just kept, going. The majority of my business were family, friends. It was a much different market. Let me back up. Sorry, I got interrupted. Let me back up. No problem. No internet, none of that, right? Even 
to search for houses, we have books. Okay. Right. So it's paper. You pretty much knew um, everyone in the industry was very small. Then you knew all the agents, you knew who you're going to be working with. <coughs> Excuse me. You knew who you're going to be working with. You present it directly to the sellers. None of this shoot an email off to the, the listing agent and hoping someone actually looks at it. You had to make an appointment to go sit in front of the seller and present your offer. So it truly was a relationship business then. And that's what my business is grown on ever since. It's been about relationships. So the majority of the people that I sold to, either I knew them, somebody knew them that knew me. It was very rare that I sold to a stranger. Rare. How does that equate to the business you do now? And it's the same. I'm a, I am a true relationship-based agent. Um, I still, of course, now because of social media and Google and all of these things, um, I do get business from outside. I get business organically from like Revster.com, Zillow and all places because I have my um, profile up. I'm not paying for that business. It just comes to me organically. But the majority of my business comes from my database, which is past clients, family, friends, vendors, fear. Somebody has touched me and that's how I've gotten they've I've gotten to work with them. Got you. So I want to touch on something, right, Brenda? Mm-hmm. While I met you through social media and I had heard great things about you as well, once I inquired about you, you're a top producer, you're top one percent in the nation, but you're not flashy online. <laughs> so I say that because I want agents to understand that you don't have to be flashy and portray a lifestyle in front of a big house and a Lamborghini to be successful in real estate. Brenda Conley is it. Like she's top 1%, not just in her area, not because Home Snap said so. Realtor, the NAR Association, she's 1% out of 1.6 million agents. And that's a lot. You know, I think a lot of times we get caught up on the lifestyle stuff and being mm-hmm. top 1% in your office, top 1% on your street. You see what I'm saying? But to, I don't think agents understand you don't have to be flashy. Flash doesn't equal to success. Am I right or wrong? Absolutely. So I get um, I get a little a lot of smack. I got to be honest about I'm really just a regular, regular girl from New York, from Queens. Right. Um, if you see me nine times out of ten, I got J's on jeans and a T-shirt. And that's what I have on today. And this <laughs> is my uniform. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I mean, so I had to take some new headshots, whatever. And my best friend, her name was Alicia Thomas. She always wants me to like, you know, dress up. And I'm like, but people know me to be in my J's jeans or I mean, I might throw on a skirt with my J's, whatever, a dress <laughs> with my J's. And that's how I took my last set of shot, my last set of um, photo um, shoot. I had on a skirt, a T-shirt. And some J's because I want to be true to who I am. I don't want to. Um, now, they go get some makeup put on. I don't want to um, not be authentic. Right. So I don't want to go and feel like, you know, I have to have on Louis this or Gucci that or like you said, be in this mansion to take these photos. I took it in the lobby of a building. I mean, very I'm very <laughs> regular, regular, just, you know. <laughs> But I love to connect with people. I love to help people um, achieve home ownership. Um, 
whether it's moving up, moving down, first time. That's my passion. I love what I do. And I don't think that um, I have to be flashy to do that. I just think if I'm knowledgeable, kind, mm-hmm. give top-notch service, um, they're not worried about what kind of you know vehicle I'm in or what kind of shoes I'm wearing or whatever. I don't know. Because right. I see that all over the internet. I see a lot of um, agents out there portraying um, this lifestyle and they do get business from it. However, I want to know how well there's sustain the sustainability of that. Right. Which is a good uh, transition. How have you been able to sustain your success in real estate? I, I promise you, I just believe it's the relationships. I believe that I, once I close a deal, you don't go away. Now you're part of my family and I stay in contact with my clients. I invite them to events. I call them. I send them handwritten notes. I I do things to stay top of mind. If something's going on in the market, I want to make sure they know about it. Um, I have clients that I've worked with years and years ago. They will call me and ask me for a plumber. They will call me and ask me for an electrician. They, they will call me anything real estate related before they do anything. And that's because I've built that trust with them. And I didn't just sell them a house, collect a commission, and then walk away. At what point in your career did you realize that was the way to do it? Day one. Because prior to um, getting into real estate, I worked on the trading floor, but I also, after that, have always had like the customer service background, whether it be in sale, whatever uh, arena I'm in, I was always in a service type industry. So, um, you know, I don't know how long Chick-fil-A has been around, but I've been, it's my pleasure for a a long time. And if you, um, I just feel like if you are authentic, give back, um, really pay attention to what people want and do your best to provide it at the highest level. I have talked to people who couldn't buy. Unfortunately, they just, you know, just couldn't get it together. But because I treated them with respect, they sent me people, even though they haven't bought anything to this day because they just can't get it together for some reason. Right. So, so how I'm I'm you, I purchased a home from you. Right. What does that communication look like and how soon does that occur after we've closed? Ask me that question again. I'm sorry. So I purchased a home from you, I, I'm a buyer. And mm-hmm. um how after we've closed the transaction, how soon does that communication of touching me um, begin? Um, one week. Okay. How, you know, after you've closed, you're saying, correct? Yes, ma'am. You're saying, oh, right. So one week later, it's how did the move go? What do you need? Um, is there anything that we can do for you? We also send out um, a card, just, you know, again, thanking them for their service. They get a gift mailed to them um, within two weeks of their closing. Um, I know a lot of people will bring it to the closing table. I, I don't. We send them a specialized gift to their house after they've closed. So definitely within a week of closing, because, you know, in that first week, they're packing and moving. A whole lot's going on. So within a week, that hopefully they're in the house. We call, ask how to move went. Is there anything that we can do to help them, you know, with anything that's going on? If they need me before then, of course, they'll call me. But we usually wait a week before we touch back, reach back out again. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And this goes on forever. Oh, yeah. So they get reached out to at a minimum four times a year because I have four events a year. 
So at a minimum, they're getting touched four times a year. Okay. But it's more than four times a year. They get touched once a month with a postcard. They get touched twice a month with emails. They get a phone call a quarter. They get invited to four events. Wow. Wow. Okay. So with that being said, you said we. What does your team look like? It's just me and a full-time assistant right now. Okay. I mean, it's been like that pretty much my entire career. I've tried three times to start a team, have not been successful to this date um, of making that happen. Um, I don't know if I'll attempt again, but right now it's just me and a full-time assistant. And like I said, that's been it for the, in the majority of my career. I'll say maybe, like I said, three times I've had two agents. One time I've had four. That's never lasted more than four to six months. What does um, your work day look like? Um, it's different every day. Um, I come to the office every morning um, to either make phone calls, reply to phone calls, reply to emails. And then hopefully the goal is every afternoon to be out showing, going to listen appointments, doing some type of business outside the office. But in the morning, I'm here every morning. Okay. Are you predominantly one or the other? Or is it about 50-50 between listings and buyers? So it varies from year to year. I got to be honest. Normally, I'm about 60-40. 60 listings, 40 buyers. Um, (laughs) Last year, I was probably 70 listings, 30 buyers. This year, I'm probably about, I'm probably leaning more on the buyer side than the listing side. How many homes did you sell last year? 77. Okay. And what was your, when, what year was your best year that you've had so far? Last year was my best year GCI money. Okay. The year before I sold 84 homes. 84 homes mm-hmm. by yourself, mm-hmm. but just, I mean, you and a uh, full-time assistant. Mm-hmm. What? That's a lot of houses. It is. That's a, a little over one a week. Yeah. So with that being said, what type of structure do you have? Because you just can't wake up and say, I'm, I'm going in the office. What does your structure look like? Um, I'm waking up and going to the office. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I promise you, God gave me this gift. Okay. Um, I don't take, so God and my mom. Okay. Ethic has none to be matched. And so I learned from her, right? So I have a very, very high work ethic. Um, I will do what most realtors will not do. And then that coupled with God giving me this gift is something people could ask me mostly anything about real estate. They can ask me about an area, a street, a community, and it's here. Um, And I surprise myself sometimes at the knowledge that I have retained about Atlanta, the time that I've been here, about real estate and and this craft. And um, a lot of people don't take this serious, and I do. How long have you been in the Atlanta area? Since 2002. 2002. 20 years. Real estate here in May, June of 2003, because I wasn't going to sell real estate because I was burnt out from home. Um, My husband got deployed and I didn't know anybody in Atlanta. So I was like, oh, I'll just sell real estate. I'll meet people that way. So that's how that's that's the only reason why I started selling real estate here. If he wouldn't have got deployed, I wouldn't be selling real estate. God, God lined it up for you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So if if you had... Um, if you had some words of wisdom of a realtor who's in the business and things are not going the way they want them to be, 
Now, whether it's a seasoned agent or a new agent, what would be one piece of advice you would give them? You have to be consistent in whatever it is that you want to do because everybody has a niche, everybody. But basically start off with the people who know, love, and trust you. You have to build those relationships. Um, A lot of people transition from other jobs to real estate or they try to do it part-time. And I did it part-time for 10 years. Um, I didn't go full-time real estate until I came to Atlanta. Mm. Um, So I understand the part-time um realm of you know one for them one for out but i treated real estate really like a full-time thing gig and not a part-time gig even though i had a full-time job i would go out and show houses on my lunch but anyway sorry that's not the question you asked me no that's fine it's great information it's truly consistency it's um being the expert in whatever part of this business that you want to be in especially just being knowledgeable like right now being knowledgeable and what's going on with the recession, with interest rates, with how how much longer houses are staying on the market. So we are moving from a, you could be breathing and sell a house business to having some skills. And if you're not skilled in this craft, you will be gone. Most of them will be saying, oh, this ain't working for me and go back to doing something else. or so going to find a job, right? So you have to make yourself knowledgeable so that you can speak to what's going on in today's market. And that's really, really, and just have conversations, have constantly having conversations with people. And then you, you, what you would focus on will expand. So the more you're talking about real estate, the more you're talking about it with people you know. I talk to everybody. I'm in the grocery store line. I mean, I talk to everybody anywhere. My daughter says I get on her nerves about it. Um, you know, I just talk to people constantly all the time, anyway, about real estate, anything, and then it'll fall into that. You know, when do you think you hit your stride? So I told you it took me six months to get my first deal. Right. And honestly, um, really it just kept accumulating and growing and growing. So even as part-time, I was number four in my office in New Jersey. Um, I was at the top, you know, whatever they call, you know, millionaire cloud, whatever even part-time, what considered part-time, but I treated it like it wasn't part-time. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So um, again, I just attributed back to service, knowledge, consistency, relationships. Um, I used to sit on site for a little bit um, here in Atlanta because at home, there's no such thing. So I sold new construction here in Atlanta for about five years. And the agents, I was always at the top of my game, even selling new construction. The agents would be mad at me. Like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing this extra step? Why Those people, when the market crashed, someone had to do short sales, they needed help. They called me because they felt like I wasn't just next. Because it was next then. You just had to have, you know, put a mirror into somebody. You could get a loan as long as they was breathing, right? You could state how much money you made. You got a house. A lot of those people lost their houses. Right. You just help people through those situations. And because I didn't treat them like a number when they came through the community, they came back to me to, for help. In terms of your growth as an agent, do you get coaching? Oh, everybody needs a coach. Um, I have a coach. I coach. My coach has a coach. Okay. Yeah. Um, everyone needs a coach. I don't care where you're at in your business. Um, again, did I show you my t-shirt? 
You didn't show them. No one succeeds alone. No one. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs somebody. How important is it to receive coaching? And I asked that um, once you get to a level, you would think that you would need coaching. How important is that to you? No. So you may need a different coach. Okay. You're going to need a coach. So you might outgrow the coach you have based on where your business has went. And that coach, if they are truly a coach and a good coach, they're going to say, you know, our time has come to the end and it's time for you to get someone to take you to the next level. So you constantly need coaching and it's not always the same coach. You need coaching in your business life, your personal life. You need coaching for various things um, in your life. And people who don't think they need coaching are the ones that probably really need a coach. (laughs) (laughs) In terms of like managing all of those clients, what what does Brenda Conley do? And what does your full-time admin do? So I handle, I mean, I talk to my clients throughout. However, when we're in, if I'm on the listing appointments, like at the listing, if I'm talking. So until, when it's time for like the paperwork, contract, I mean, I'll write the contract process and everything from listing agreement to contract to the other side, my admin does. She does all the um, marketing for like postcard mail outs, newsletters, um, things like that. So anything I'm not handling, people ask me, well, how did you do it? I don't know. My assistant has that. My job is to generate business, to get people in a home, to sell their home and get them into another home. So I'm only doing real estate activities as far as um, generating income. The paperwork is important, but I don't I don't have time to do that. Or I will be bogged down and wouldn't be able to sell 77 homes. Which I didn't ask this. Um with the 77 homes, what was the sales volume? Um 24 million. 24 million. And then 2021, do you remember what that number was? I think it was 20. No, as a matter of fact, it was 19.7 something. I was so mad. I just missed 20 million. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So thick st- stick, uh, you know, stick a knife in my heart. Yeah. So it was like 19.7 million. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And this year, um, are you on pace to beat last year? Tie mm-hmm. So the beginning of this year, um, anybody that's listening as KW, and we have something called the Millionaire Real Estate Agent. And my goal was to be that this year, which was to do a um, million dollars GCI, um, gross commission income. So I started a team and I had four people on my team. So I was focused on getting them into production and getting them, you know, working with buyers and all of that. So I lost four months of this year. I wasn't focused on my business. I was focused on getting them up and running. And then at month four, I realized that this wasn't working. So then I'm back to just me. So I don't know if I can make up four months in eight months. Um, So, so far this year, I've done 31 units and 11 and a half million. That's somebody's year. (laughs) That's some people's career. (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to um check, you know, I don't know what the number will look like. I'm working, but I just don't know what the and with the market um shift that's going on, slowing down a little bit, um, I just don't know if I'll be able to make it up. I, I mean, I've literally lost the first four months of the year. Got you. Mm-hmm. How are you navigating through this market and the shift? Um, I'm just staying consistent to what I do. And um don't get me wrong. I'm still getting the people who know, love and trust me, sending me um, referrals. Um, so uh, like you said, I'm still even in this market doing pretty good, not to the level that I would have liked to have done if I would have probably started truly working in January, which I didn't. I didn't start working until April um, in the March, April. So in that short amount of time is when I did those units. Wow. So in order to, okay, you was at 24 mil last year mm-hmm. in order to do um, a million in GCI, what would that number had to be? It was 125 units. 125 units. So I was wanting them to do 50, for them to do 50, maybe 60, and then I'll do the balance. Would you have been the rainmaker and divvied out the uh, I, leads? I would- I was the rainmaker and I did divvy out. They got leads from me, but they weren't converting them. Gotcha. So that's a, this uh, segues into a good question. Well, I think it's a good question. It's mine. <laughs> Why don't you think more people succeed in the team process when you're being fed? Um, I don't know the answer to that. I will say that it's kind of like when you're just given something and you didn't have to work for it. You don't treat it the same. That's in anything in life. Right. Needs a car. Um, um, when sometimes if if people don't actually have to work for something and it's just handed to them, they don't respect it the same way as if they had to go out and, um, you know, find it on their own. There's plenty of people who do really well in a team um, arena. I mean, I have several friends that do very, very well in the team arena. Um, I just haven't. And I have not been successful with that. So I'm going to stay in my lane and be a single agent and um, have my full-time assistant and probably hire some showing assistants to open up doors to relieve me from that. And that's it. I, I, I've decided because I'm on I'm on the downside of my career. Right. I'm, I'm about to be out this, this day in a minute. So. So I know. And I'm sorry if you answered it. I know that the goal was uh, 125 units. Has your goal changed, even though you lost four months? Absolutely. That 125 was with a team. Okay. Um. So last year, my goal was 70. I did 77. Um. So my goal is pretty lofty, I believe, this year since I lost four months. But, you know, anything is possible. Um. So right now, my, my goal is 80 units. Gotcha. Why... Have you have you taken a deeper look and ask yourself or or spoken to your coach to see why that team model just doesn't fit you? Um, so we've talked about it. And when I told her that I wanted to do a team again, she's like, why? You, you don't want a team. You struggled the last time you. And I said, I don't know. I just feel like I, I, I just felt like 
you know, I, I think I had learned more. Um, I had put some systems in place. I felt I put some systems in place um, to make sure that they were being fed leads on a regular basis. Um, I had meetings every morning for 15 minutes stand up. We had an hour meeting once a week. Like I thought I really did my best to communicate more um, and do my best to train and bring people in to talk to them. And I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for you. I wish I did. I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm done. And I'm done, done this time. When, put a fork in it. I'm done. I'm not going to attempt a team again. Gotcha. I understand. And not that it, I, I think there's anything wrong. I just wanted to know, like, as a coach and someone who gets coached, had you just said, like, why can't why can't I get it going? Uh, I, and and this time I I feel personally this time maybe the other times I wasn't prepared properly I've truly feel like I prepared I put systems in place um, I did the things necessary for these people to be successful um, and maybe I chose the wrong people uh, maybe they weren't as hungry um, I. I won't take the this time. I'm not taking the blame. <laughs> right, right. It's not me this time. Maybe this time, no. Mm-mm. Got you. Um. Wow. Like that. I've got a ton of questions about the the team concept, but I also have my own opinions. But I'm not interviewing me. Um, no, no. What are your opinions? I, I've probably said it on my show a lot of times. I think people and I, from the lending standpoint and speaking to agents who are looking to succeed and kind of figuring out what they need. I think people want every we're in a society where everybody wants to be the boss or a boss. Right. And I think some people, while they say they wouldn't, they prefer to have a whole grape instead of a half a watermelon. I get all of my commission and I'm a boss but you do one or two transactions every couple of months versus I do five transactions a month and I get a piece of that. And at the end of the year, I make more money. Like everybody's not LeBron. Everybody's not Mike. But right now, everybody wants to be Mike, right? Nobody wants to be Pippen. Nobody wants to be Rodman. Nobody wants to be Steve Kerr. You see what I'm saying? Like, I think that, that is a that's great the problem. analogy. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to use that. That's a great analogy because I promise you. And then, you know, a lot of them will see what they think I'm making. But you're not paying for anything. I'm paying for the whole shebang. I like the I'll be like, you want to see my P&L? The KW is open book anyway. Right. I don't. Have, but you're right. Nobody wants to be Scotty. Yeah. Nobody wants to be scouted. Yeah. And what they don't understand is Mike couldn't. mm, Mike, mm. I'm a Lakers fan, but I always use that team as my analogy. Scotty made more than Mike for a long time. And I think that's that's like, look at Mark Spain. Right. His team gets they get they don't get a lot in terms of per transaction. They get but they do a ton of transactions. Ton of transactions. So when you look at them, they make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. If they stick with them, they make a lot of money. He spends a lot of money on advertising. Here you go. He's the rainmaker. Right. You can't. He's spending millions, millions of dollars on getting you all this business so you can be so tired that you'd be like, okay, enough. I don't need any more leads right now. I'm good. 
Yeah, we, I mean, we were headed to Florida and my wife was like, he's down here. I said, yeah, yeah he's everywhere he's down here. We was headed to Charlotte. He's up here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's up billions of dollars on advertising. That's, um, that's crazy. Uh, Brenda, I, I like to like this whole podcast is geared towards, uh, successful to encourage it's really more so to encourage and show black real estate professionals that we can be successful in this business if you had any words of wisdom to our listeners who look like us on how to conduct this business i'll give you an opportunity to express how how you think we should handle ourselves because we up against some challenges uh one just because we're black so if you had any words of wisdom for us as African-American professionals in the real estate business, what would you give us? Um, you know, just handle yourself accordingly. I don't know how to what how to say that, but, you know, write your contracts properly. Um, know the subject matter before you call and, and speak to someone. Um, just be the expert, man. Be the best you can be at all times when it comes to dealing with everyone in this industry. Um, and that's where I think we fall short. I think sometimes we we want immediate satisfaction. We want this, this microwave world and, you know, I'm going to be a millionaire in six months. And it takes time and you got to build, you know, you got to build a great foundation and then continue to build on that and build on that. But what I have seen um, in my years in this business dealing with my brothers and sisters is that sometimes we want to take shortcuts. Um, we don't want to put the hard work in because this is hard work. This this real estate industry is not for the faint at heart. It's just not. And that's why people, you know, they think, oh, I could spend $4.99 and go get a license. And then, you know, I'm going to be out here on social media with Lamborghinis and mansions. That's just not how this business works. It's like any other business. You have to grow it and you have to put down a firm foundation and learn and take your time. And, and, and then you will see success. I promise you, you will. Do the activities. Just continue to be consistent, lay that foundation, you'll be successful. It's just no doubt in my mind. So I know. Oh, go ahead. The people who want to take the shortcut that um, it didn't work. They didn't help me. It didn't work. But you didn't do anything. Right. In terms of, I know, so we've identified that you coach and that you get coached. Um, where else do you gain your knowledge uh, for the business? Um, I go to a lot of continuing ed. Um, I have friends in the industry who we all rely on one another. We can call each other. We can ask questions. Um, I don't know everything by far. <laughs> right. Do I not know everything? Um, uh, so I have friends that I can rely on. I have, I go to classes. I go to training. I go out of state to get training. Um, if it's somebody I feel that can give me some wisdom on something, I will get on a plane and go and get it. So you have to invest in yourself and in your business. Um, and, and I do that on a regular basis. How much do you think 
um, company has to do with your success in terms of the company you're with versus you. A lot of times the company gets blamed if it's not success, if the, if the agent's not successful. So um, prior to coming to KW, I had my own brokerage. They sought me out to come and be here. And I resisted for about three years until I finally relented and came. Um, my girlfriend's like, oh, you don't have nothing to lose. Just go. You got your broker's license. You could just leave. And I've been here for nine years. And, you know, a lot of people are like, mm-hmm. oh, whatever, KW Kool-Aid. KW is the bomb company. They're training. They care about these agents. Um, and, I, and I'm sure a lot of other companies have it. I can only, this is the only brokerage I've been with since I've been in Atlanta. Prior to that, I had my own. And prior to that, I was on site. So I was with the builder. And then prior to that, I was with some small online company um, that fed us new, new, um, fed us, fed us leads when I first came to Atlanta, you know, and started working in 2003. So I'm not knocking any other brokerage. I can only speak to KW. And I feel that I didn't know what I didn't know until I came here. So sometimes I'll say to people, I started my real estate career in 2013 when I came to KW because of, um, the resources and the training that I received, even though I was still a learning-based agent prior to coming here, um, the culture here is amazing as far as sharing, wanting everybody to succeed and grow. And like I said, I can't speak to, I've been recruited by the Compasses, the EXPs, the Remaxes, the other world since I've been here. But this is my home until I hang up my hat, which is like I told you, I'm on the downside. So it's not going to be too long from now. Yeah, that's true. What does your exit strategy look like? So um, I, I want to say three, but I have five in my mind, five years or less. I'm out. I will probably coach, teach. I'm not going to leave real estate altogether. I'm just not going to open up doors and go on listing appointments. Gotcha. Um, I'll just do a different arena of real estate because I love this business. Um, but yeah, as soon as my youngest goes to college, I'll, I'll be done. Gotcha. So we've touched on a lot in terms of like your growth um, uh, from being a starting agent in Jersey and growing to here being, you know, on-site sales and then a produ- high producer. Now, what do you think you would tell the younger Brindley Con- Brenda Conley to do differently to get to this point a little faster? Um, even though I was relationship-based, always I feel like I've been. I didn't do it consistently in a systematic way. Um I feel like I could have grown my business quicker if I was doing the things that I've been doing over the past. I wouldn't even see that say the entire nine that I've been here. Um, probably five. Um, if I would have done those things sooner, been more on purpose. I was just all over the place, kinda right. I would have been more on purpose about who I was talking to, how I was talking to them. Let me give you an example. And that's okay. in Georgia. When the crash happened, I was I met these two guys. They were flipping sixty-nine to ninety-nine thousand dollar houses. Right? They they were both from two, they became friends, I don't know how. And they took their 401k money and decided we're gonna retire from our corporate jobs and we're gonna flip houses. I met them. I I used to probably, and this was great back. I'm telling you, this is during when you know we had a million houses on the market, right? So we would flip houses 
And then one of the communities that we flipped is called Water's Edge in, in Stone Mountain. We did a lot of flips in there. I had no idea then that I should have been keeping track of these people and staying in contact with them, right? So back then, it wasn't that um, it was a commission and I left. I just wasn't systematically emailing them, sending them postcards, calling them. If When I thought about them, I would call, you know, if I saw them, you know, like that, right? I could own that community right now. That's how many houses we flipped it. The HOA used to call me because they liked the way my guys did their work. They weren't cheap flippers. They did beautiful homes. When they knew a house was getting ready to get foreclosed on, they would call me. Be like, these people about to lose their house. We really want your guys to get it and flip and, and renovate it because they do such a good job. But because I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, so my old self would have been like, dang, you need to set up a database. You need to keep in contact with it. Would be no other agent wouldn't be able to touch that community right now if I would have, if I would have done that early on. So when did that realization happen? Um, so I came here in 2013. Yeah, 2013. <laughs> Okay. So that was like 2010, 2009, okay. 2010, 2011, probably 2012. I mean, I was so those guys went from I'm the one who showed them, no, let's go over here and flip. They were flipping in Latonia on Marbet. And I was like, no, 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 let's come over here and flip. We can make more money. Right. So now, so those guys went from that to now they develop land, they build subdivisions. These guys started doing sixty-nine and ninety-nine thousand dollars flips in my Have you tried to get back with them? Oh no, we're still. Oh no, we're still oh you still partners? Well, not oh, yeah. you know, partner. Okay, it's gotcha. good. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. but I lost that community. That's just an example Same. of not knowing and not you know <laughs> having the knowledge. And that's why I said get as much knowledge as you can and be the expert at this craft. Gotcha. I was good at what I was doing, but I didn't have the systems in place. I just, I didn't. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So being systematic along with your process, um, I guess I didn't ask, but assuming, you know, I guess in the last two years, last two and a half years, you've probably sold close to 200 houses, right? Oh, more than that. Mm-hmm. More than that. So that means some of this has to be automated because that's a lot to keep up with, even with a full-time assistant. We have um, spreadsheets. Um, it's not automated. <laughs> it's, it's not? It's, no. Wow. No. Um, so, so let me not speak about her business. I mean, you know, her part of the business. I don't know. She sends out emails and posts. I have to um, approve postcards. So I have to prove everything that goes out because it has my face on it. So I have to make sure that is what I want. So I have to, she has to send it to me to approve. Um, I've gotten way more comfortable. She posts on my social media. And if it's something I don't like, I'll just take it down. But I haven't had to do that. Because um, at one point I used to be like, I have to see everything you post first. So I'm past that. Um, yeah. Um, so maybe her stuff is automated. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm not. Hey, Brenda, this has been... Uh pretty enlightening. Um, like I said, I've been a fan um, and just kind of watched, you know, I applaud you for your success. Um, and I definitely don't take it lightly that you took some time to uh, interview and allow for me to ask you questions. So um, I want to say thank you 
first of all. Um, I appreciate your consistency and persistence to get me to do it because it has <laughs> here. So I applaud you for not giving up. <laughs> yeah. I, like I think I'm too busy. Please charge it to my head and not my heart. I got yeah. you. I've lost business because I forget, you know, I, I miss phone calls. I miss emails. Um, I forget to call people back. I am human. Yeah, we so all are. In my head and not my heart. It wasn't like, you know, I didn't respect who you were and what you were doing. I just, time would escape me. So I apologize. And thank you for being persistent and consistent and getting me on here. I appreciate that fact that you even wanted to continue to interview me. So thank you. Uh, no worries at all. I understand. It's all in timing. Um, for anyone who wants to get in contact with you, um, how can they reach you? Um, either um, 678-871-7714 is my cell. Um, at Journey Home Team on Instagram. Um, yeah, on my Facebook. I have a business Facebook page, but really my personal Facebook is Brenda Shorter. Um, Hyphen Conley is where I'm at on Facebook. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, thank you. This has been the Real Estate Proverbs Podcast. Kevin Jefferson and Miss Brenda Conley. Have a great day. Thank you for listening and be sure to follow Kevin on Instagram at The People's Lender. We'll see you here next time on Real Estate Proverbs with Kevin Jefferson. <laughs>